Good morning, everybody. I want to ask you what shape your faith is in this morning. What shape is your faith in this morning? I want to speak about faith this morning. And uh, I want to ask you how big your faith is, how strong your faith is. Is your faith today stronger, uh, wider, deeper, firmer than it was yesterday, than last month, than last year, than five, ten years ago? Or is today it's a bit more weary, a bit more weak? shrunk a little. Hopefully I want to encourage you this morning uh, that it's important for us to have faith, but also not just faith, but faith that remains, faith that stands firm, faith that is strong. A year ago, uh, June 2010, um, something fairly significant happened on the other side of the world. And this happened uh, June, yeah, 1st of June, I think it was 3rd of June, something like that, 2010. In Guatemala. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Guatemala. You might not want to after you see this picture. (laughs) This is a picture of Guatemala a year ago, and I don't know whether you can see it on the big screen. Perhaps the uh, definition is slightly better on the screens. But a year ago, in this particular city, without any warning, a sinkhole suddenly appeared. So one day everybody was fine and then suddenly without any warning, any signs, any signal, suddenly the ground beneath a certain area of land completely disappeared. And it's called a sinkhole. And here we have a picture of a particularly massive sinkhole. It was 60 feet, uh, that's 18 metres wide, so that's... How big is this room, Chris? About... (laughs) Yeah... (laughs) about the width of this room, wide and 30 stories deep. So it was fairly wide, but actually it was 30 stories deep. And it had sunk a three-story building well and truly. So where that hole is now, there was a three-story building. And obviously you can't even see, can you, where it's gone. That's a fairly major sinkhole. Um, A guy called James Curran, who's a hydrogeologist from the University of Kentucky. Any hydrogeologists here this morning? I thought not. (laughs) Says this, the sinkhole had probably been months, possibly even years in the making, and a tropical storm caused the sinkhole to finally collapse. Sinkholes occur when underground streams drain away during drought, causing the ground surface level to lose its underlying support. Suddenly, everything just simply caves in, leaving people with a frightening feeling that not even the earth beneath their feet is trustworthy. It'd be a frightening place, wouldn't it, to live in a sinkhole region? I don't think Hale Zoen is known for its sinkholes. So we can relax, can't we, this morning? We can relax that we don't live in a sinkhole region. But do we? Because I wonder, actually, when it comes to our faith, how many of us know that our faith is such a firm foundation beneath our feet that it won't collapse given a storm or two? You see, we don't physically live, do we, in a sinkhole region, but I reckon amongst the body of this church here... There may be some of us who, faith-wise, we may feel like we're living in a sinkhole 
region. Let me read you something from 2 Corinthians. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can grab them now. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 21. 2 Corinthians 1, 21. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. He has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Now I call upon God as my witnesses that I am telling you the truth. The reason I didn't go to Corinth, sorry, the reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you a rebuke. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so that you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. Now I read that recently. And um, I mean what Paul is saying here, he's, he's been away and he's come back and he's kind of saying to them, uh, well we've done all these amazing things and we were led by the Holy Spirit and he mentions there that they hadn't come back to Corinth because of the Holy Spirit and, but he then follows that up by saying, but we don't want to dominate you by telling you what our faith has been like and how we've acted on you know, the promptings of God and how we've uh, followed God's direction It's really important. And it was these 10 words that gripped me. It is by your own faith that you stand firm. Why don't we say that together? It is by your own faith that you stand firm. And again, it is by your own faith that you stand firm. And those 10 words gripped me and kind of stopped me as sometimes the word of God does when you just don't move and you stare at the page and I thought what a phenomenal sentence it is by your own faith that you stand firm and what Paul is saying here is that it's absolutely vital that each one of us has firstly our own faith and secondly that it's important that that faith remains, that that faith can stand firm, that 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 faith is strong. Because it's very easy, isn't it, for us to be around people of faith. You know, I can come every Sunday and surround myself with lots of people of faith, but does that mean I myself have faith? I can hang out with the people that are the fullest of faith that I can find, but a bit like Oh, it's gone. A bit like the sinkhole, I could have strong buildings around me that are on firm foundations, but if my building is not on its firm foundation, I'm likely to collapse. And I can surround myself with firm, faith-filled people whose lives are on strong foundations, and I can look like them, and I can appear like them, and I can talk like them, and sound like them, and sing like them, and dance like them. And yet, if I don't have faith myself, if there's nothing underneath my life, am I wary? Am I likely, if something hits my life, like a storm, like there in Guatemala, for my life to collapse? It's vital, isn't it, that we have our own faith. I can't have faith from my parents. I can't have faith from my friends. I can't have faith from my colleagues. It's vital for me 
You know, when I face God at the end of my life, it's got to be my own faith that I walk towards him with. Nobody else's. I can't borrow somebody else's faith when I finally meet God. But not only that, in the everyday living, it's my faith I have to rely on. Romans 1 verse 17 says, It is through faith that a person has life. It is through faith that a person has life. And if you know that you're spiritually alive this morning, there's an indicator there that you've got faith. It's not possible for you to be spiritually alive unless you've got faith. So we each need to have our own faith, and it's that that breathes life into us. And the strength of our faith will determine whether we stand or fall. So how can we strengthen our faith? If I'm saying it's important that we have our own faith, and Romans tells us that it's when we have faith we begin to have life, but it's not just about having faith, it's about having a strong faith. How can we strengthen our faith? Have a little look at this clip. It might give you an answer to how to have strong faith. Now admit it, how many of you have done something like that? You may not have written a dear God letter, but you've prayed a dear God prayer. So I'm like, if you do this, God, that will be undeniable proof that you love me. If a red bus comes round the corner now with the number nine, no, that would be too easy, with the number three, five, four, then it will mean this. Am I the only person that's done really random things like that? If someone walks through that door, it means this. God, if you really love me, and I will, if you just do this one thing for me, I will never doubt you again. Oh, it's just me then. <laughs> On my own. No, I know I'm not alone. We've all had moments where we thought, God, if you show me something tangible, if you prove yourself in a really obvious way, then I know that I will... Have faith in you. I will never doubt you. But that isn't the life of faith, is it? The Bible says that we walk by faith, not by sight, not by tangible things. That's hard, isn't it? That we walk by faith and not by sight. By sight seems a lot easier, doesn't it? It's tangible, it's obvious, it's there. But actually God calls us to walk by faith. So how can we strengthen our faith to ensure that it doesn't become a sinkhole underneath our lives? And um, I'm going to go through four things with you. And basically what I think this battles down to is um, four things, but it's, uh, sorry I've said that wrong, loads of things, but it comes down to daily choices. We can think, you know, having big faith or small faith is about the big or the small things. But actually, it's down to, I believe, daily choices. You see, every day, I think, every minute of every day, our faith is either growing or shrinking. And every choice that we make either grows it incrementally or massively, depending on what the choice is, or it shrinks it incrementally or massively. You see, every day, our faith is changing, isn't it? Today your faith may be slightly bigger than it was yesterday, or it might be slightly smaller. It might be massively bigger than it was a year ago, or it might be massively smaller. Faith is not static, it's always moving. And daily choices that we make either grow that or erode that. A bit like the sinkhole, you know, things are either putting a firm foundation under our life, or there's a drought coming and an erosion under our life. 
And it's about daily battles. You know, uh, Romans 1.17 says that it's through faith that we have life. And for many of us, when we become a Christian, we step into this life of faith. But every day we face the battle of stepping back into the tangible, seen, real world, don't we? And we've stepped into this life of faith. And yet every day there's this battle to not step back into what we can touch and feel and see. It's a daily battle, isn't it, to live by faith. So here's some four things. Um, I mean, obviously, in terms of how our faith grows or shrinks, the list is limitless. But so that you can get home today, I've just narrowed it down to four things. First of all, I'm going to do two things that I think erode or shrink our faith. First of all, faith is eroded when we give in. When we give in. I've got a semi-humorous story for you. A newly married sailor was informed by the Navy that he was going to be stationed for a year a long way from home on a remote island in the Pacific. A few days after he got there, he really began to miss his new wife, so he wrote her a letter My love, he wrote, we are going to be apart for a very long time. Already I'm starting to miss you so much and there's not much here to do in the evenings. Besides that, I'm constantly surrounded by young, attractive girls. Do you think if I had a hobby of some kind, I would not be so tempted? So his wife sent him a harmonica. A harmonica, yes. So his wife sent him a harmonica saying, why don't you learn to play this as your hobby? Eventually, his tour of duty came to an end and he rushed back to his wife. Darling, he said, I can't wait to see you and to cuddle you. She kissed him and said, first, let me see how well you play that harmonica. (laughs) A wise wife. And often when we think about giving in, it's those kind of things that immediately come to mind. The really kind of big stuff that we're tempted to that we might give in. But actually, I think, again, it's daily choices, isn't it, that we make. Every day, we're faced with choices with, will we do the right thing by God and ultimately by ourselves, or will we do the wrong thing? We know, don't we? We're great at justifying our wrong behavior, but really, we know, don't we? When we're making daily choices that are either right or wrong before God... We're good at packaging them or justifying them or kind of convincing ourselves that actually it's okay. But underneath, we know, don't we? Daily choices that we make about giving in to something, whether it's a big temptation or whether it's a little thing, like you go in a shop and someone gives you too much change and you have that little moment of, oh, that's quite a nice bonus, and then you choose to give them the right money back, don't you? It's in the big stuff and it's in the little choices that we make, isn't it? Every day we face choices of giving in, whether we're going to do the God thing and the right thing or we're going to kind of go with our desires and the things that are tempted. When we give in, we're effectively saying we doubt God's ways are best. That's why it erodes faith. Because when we give in, we are effectively saying we doubt that God knows what he's saying and that his ways are best. So it is saying my faith is not that good. Trusting God is not that great. And we erode our faith. When we refuse to give it, when we refuse to give in and we say no, we're stating and trusting that God has a bigger yes. 
See, when we actually don't give in and we say no to something, it's because we trust that God has a greater yes. But when we do give in, it erodes that faith and that trust. This really is about whether we really trust God. You know, the Bible challenges, uh, in the Old Testament, there's a, there's a conflict there. And it says, what fault do you find in God that you go after worthless things? And actually, when we go after things that we know are not of God, we're saying we find fault in God, aren't we? If we go after stuff that we know that's not right, we're effectively saying God is faulty. So that erodes faith, doesn't it? 1 Timothy 1 says this, Hold on to your faith and keep your conscience clear. Some people have deliberately violated their consciences and as a result their faith has been shipwrecked. Isn't that a frightening verse? Hold on to your faith and keep your conscience clear because some people have deliberately violated that and we all do that, don't we? And if we do that enough, eventually it shipwrecks our faith. So faith is eroded when we give in. Secondly, faith is eroded when we give up. When we give up. And you might think, well, that's a bit of a chicken and egg because actually when you feel like you're out of faith, you kind of give up. And then if you give up, you haven't got faith in that. I know it kind of goes around in circles. But faith is eroded when we get to that moment of giving up. And I understand that there are lots of reasons why we do feel like giving up at times. Disappointment and despair, uh, tragedy, uh, disillusionment. There's lots of challenges on our lives that can bring us to that point of thinking, actually, I'm just going to give up on you, God. You haven't delivered life in the way that I expected you to. We get to that point of thinking, I'm about to give up. But faith grows when we say at that point in time, I still believe God is not out of options. When we give up, faith goes, doesn't it? It dissipates. We, it weakens because we're actually saying God's got nowhere to go now. This is the end of the line for this scenario. This is the end of the... I'm in a cul-de-sac here. God can't make a way through. Faith is eroded. But when we get to that point of giving up and yet we say, God, I still believe that you are not out of options, faith grows. Faith grows when we say, God will ultimately use this for my good. And that's incredibly tough to pray at times, isn't it? In a really difficult scenario, God will ultimately use this for my good. Faith grows. Um, ten years ago, I was thinking about this this week, ten years ago, virtually this week, um, well, a number of months of very difficult things had happened in my life, uh, sort of three or four kind of major traumatic things had happened, and uh, just... Leading up to this, I'd arranged with Youth for Christ, who I was working with at the time, to go to America for six weeks. I don't know how I won that, but I did, on a research trip. And uh, I, I flew to California, and I spent six weeks in California on my own. I drove from the top of California down to the bottom, and I visited youth camps, because I was running youth camps at the time, on my research trip. And I had a great time, um, ending up in Vegas, bizarrely, so... Uh, I don't know how that happens, but anyway. So, um, but um, just, before, just as I landed, shortly after I'd landed in Sacramento Airport, I went to a youth camp there, and I really didn't feel I was in a good place. You know, I'd had some major things hit my life. I didn't really know, knew what my future held. Some lots of very challenged things. And I kind of was at this, God, I just don't know I can do this anymore. And there I was, kind of representing you for Christ, going to... American meeting all these people at different camps and one of the first camps I went to they had a Christian bookshop on the camp 
And I went in there and they had some rings for sale. And um, I saw this one particular ring and I just kind of felt prompted by God to buy it. And in fact, it's this ring here. And I've worn it on my finger here for the past 10 years. And if you're close enough, which I realize you're not today, to see inscribed on it is the word faith. And I bought this at the start of this trip because I really felt my faith was pretty small and close to giving up because God hadn't done as I wanted him to. And my life was quite crazy. And I bought this ring as a kind of prophetic statement to myself that whatever happened, I wasn't going to give up on my faith. And I put this ring on my finger and it's been on this finger. I won't do that because it looks a bit rude. It's been on this finger for the past 10 years. At any time, you know, when life hits me hard and I think, oh gosh, I look at this and think, one thing I'm never going to give up is my faith. No matter what comes, even if that's all I've got left, I'm never going to give up on my faith. We can't give up. At those moments when we feel like we're going to give up and we choose to, faith shrinks, doesn't it? And we're out of options. uh, Sorry, Colossians 2 says, don't give up now. Having made a start, keep going. And now just as you accepted Christ, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth. So don't give up having made a start. Keep following Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you feel like there's something in your world that you're tempted to give in, and it might not just be a small daily battle, it might be a big thing. I implore you don't give in don't give in it will not only sabotage and shipwreck your faith it will sabotage and shipwreck your life if it's something big don't give in and secondly please let's not give up and I want to show you this with my uh, little brick tower over here I don't know whether this will work so uh This is my uh, first tower that I want to show you. You've all played Jenga, I'm sure. It's a slightly bigger version. And this is my life, okay, in green. And my life is built on faith. When I became a Christian, faith represents kind of God in the nice bright light colour. And I think every time, you know, that I give in, something is eroded, isn't it, from my life. Let's try another one. Every time I give up, Something goes from my foundation of faith. This is where it gets exciting. Every time I give up. Every time I give in. Eventually, through enough choices like that, a sinkhole can appear under my life and my faith can collapse. We don't want that, do we? For any of us. I don't want that for any of you. I don't want it for myself. I don't want to keep giving in and giving up to the point that one day my faith collapses. And we've seen it, haven't we? We know people where that has been their story. People that we know that have been full of faith. Gradually, incrementally, step by step, they've given up or given in or given up and given in and probably other choices. And eventually, now they have no faith at all. And we don't want that, do we, for any of us this morning? Okay, we're going to lift it a little now. You're all looking a bit glum. Okay. So how do we strengthen faith? We've seen a couple of illustrations of what it can erode faith when we give in and when we give up. But how do we, can we, can we build into it? How can we expand our faith? How can we reinforce it? 
Well, first of all, I'm going to suggest that it's when we step in. Faith is strengthened, is reinforced, is made more robust when we step in primarily to God. You know, I know it's not a particularly revolutionary statement. It's not, you know, some new idea that you've never heard before. But basically, this is where it's at. Our faith is reinforced when we step into God's word. When we step into prayer, when we step into worship, but primarily when we step into God's word. The Bible says that, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Faith comes by the word of God. The more time that we can spend in God's word, the more our faith grows and is reinforced and is strengthened. I've noticed just recently quite a bizarre thing happening um, for me in that some days if I'm feeling a bit low or a bit flat... Literally, I open my Bible and I start to read and I suddenly start to feel a lot better. I've never noticed that before. I've noticed that sometimes, you know, the Bible's really like, wow, and it's speaking to me. And sometimes it feels like I'm going through the motions. And, you know, it's an interesting relationship we have, isn't it, with the Word of God. And yet there's something recently where I've literally just had to open the Bible and just start reading. And I can feel myself being rejuvenated. And it's not because... There's a particular verse that's encouraged me or something that's challenged me. It's just by reading it and soaking in it and saturating my life in it, I begin to feel refreshed and re-energized and built up and strengthened and ready to take on the world again. Does anybody else experience that? And yet we don't do it enough, do we? When I think about how much of my time is spent around... You know, non-Christian things, non-Christian TV, non-Christian people, non-Christian attitudes, cultures, values. It's no wonder that my faith shrinks because I'm living a lot of my world in a world of lies and slights of hand and smoke and mirrors and illusion. And actually, when I plant myself in this, suddenly I'm in the truth and I'm in reality and I'm in the light and I'm in God's power and his authority. And my faith grows and sometimes you know if I go for a time without reading my bible it's amazing how much my faith shrinks even if I'm reading it every day regularly and it's not particularly speaking to me my faith still grows and yet when I think well it's not particularly speaking to me so I'll leave her for a week I can feel by the end of the week my faith has shrunk and it's not necessarily if God's particularly said something to me there's something about putting my life into the word of God that builds faith. So you probably don't like this suggestion for those of you that struggle to read your Bibles, but one of the best ways of strengthening and undergirding your life with a strong foundation is getting into the word of God. Putting yourself into it, reading it, saturating yourself in it, because there's so much other stuff that would seek to erode your faith. We need to step into the Word of God. We need to step into prayer. You know, sometimes I don't feel like praying, and yet when I do, I feel better after. What's that about? When I don't feel like praying, either for situations or for someone else, and, you know, something happened last week when I just really felt prompted to pray for somebody at the end of the service, and I kind of thought, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered, to be honest. But I went with it, and I felt fantastic at the end of it. And it isn't about because I'll feel fantastic at the end of it. There's something about if we step into God, we step into his word, we step into prayer, we step into worship. When you come on a Sunday, you can sit... And let the worship pass you by. Or you can step into it 
and faith grows. You know the difference, don't you? I'm not telling you something you don't know. You can stand and sing songs or you can really step into it and you feel different at the end of it. Or am I lying? No, I'm telling the truth, aren't I? When we step in, when we choose daily, weekly, monthly, when every time we choose to step into God, faith grows. Faith grows when we step into. Fourthly, faith is strengthened when we step out. Okay, faith is strengthened when we step into God. Faith is strengthened when we step out. And I'm going to try and do a little illustration for you here about stepping out. This is in terms of stepping out in faith. And uh, I think it's fantastic that, you know, as Dan's already prayed this morning, that this week we're sending a team to uh, Amalo in Zambia on Wednesday uh, to a, a region that a team hasn't, I mean, Leon and Alison have been there, but a team hasn't been there. And those people are stepping out in faith, aren't they? You know, some of them have been to Zambia before, but they, and some haven't, Nigel. Uh, and, but even those that have, this is a whole new step of faith and blue uh has been on i don't think she's here this morning she's probably been at 11 she's been on several trips to zambia probably four i think and she's been to india and she's nervous i was talking to her this week because it's different it's still a step of faith even though she's going again because it's a different different challenge so every time we step out you know it does something to our faith and how fantastic that we've got all these guys going to bulgaria can you imagine what that's going to do for their faith, for those young people that are going to a different country and they're going to witness and they're going to share their faith, they're going to have to deal with challenges and cultural things? Haven't we got amazing young people? Haven't we got an amazing youth ministry in this church that provides? I mean, like when I was growing up in church, it was nothing like that. It's fantastic, isn't it, that we have a culture here of sending teens because that is part of stepping out in faith. There are no guarantees when people go on overseas trips. You have to go in faith. It's not comfortable. It's not all easy. It's not all straightforward. That You have to go in faith. You're stepping out in faith. And you come back and your faith has grown immensely. There's something about the stepping out. So I'm going to try and show this with a, um, a diagram. If this is, this is the size of your faith and you're saying this morning, actually I would like my faith to be bigger... I'd like it to be wider, stronger, but I'd like my faith to be bigger than I want to suggest. Why don't you step out? Now, the thing of it is, many of us will sit here and think, actually, yeah, I'd love to step out. I'd love to do this for God, or I'd love to follow his promptings more, more quickly. And I can think of loads of ways in which I'd like to step out. But unless we do, we remain here. Because it's all in here, isn't it? If we think about, well, I could pray for that person at work or I could go around to see my neighbour and I feel God's prompted me to do that or in faith I'm going to give this money even though I'm a bit short at the moment. But unless we actually do it, it's just an illusion, isn't it? It's just a thought. It's just we've projected it out there and actually has our faith changed? No. It's actually only when we step out... Oops, drawing... We actually step out that suddenly our faith is stretched. And actually our faith suddenly becomes a lot bigger. And then the next time we step out, and then the next time we step out, and suddenly we suddenly realise in one year, five years, ten years down the track, our faith has grown because we've actually stepped out. 
And I don't know any other way apart from stepping into the word of God than stepping out in faith that grows it. Otherwise, it always just stays up here. It's theory, isn't it? Oh, well, I'd have lots of faith. If I, was the, if I was Nigel and going to Africa on Wednesday, oh, yes, yes. But you're not, are you? And that's no, no, you, you, you're getting up, I'm just saying that I'm not, that's not a judgment on anyone who's not going to Africa on Wednesday. It's the, the thought of we have lots of stuff up here, don't we? But we never action it. And actually, as a church, we want to be a deliberately different church, don't we? We want to see God's kingdom footprint extended. But that's only going to happen by each one of us extending our own faith footprint. As we step out and we trust God, and sometimes it will go great and sometimes it won't, but hey, then you realize that you, you know, failure isn't fatal. And you keep stepping out and your faith grows and you begin to see God do amazing things. And we want to see God do amazing things, don't we, in and through this church. And that's down to each one of us and our level of faith. It is all down on Leon's shoulders to take this church to amazing heights and breadths and widths. And it's us as a corporate body, isn't it? Yes, led by Leon, but each one of us is responsible for taking our faith further. And that makes us an incredible church. That's what makes us an incredible church, when each one of us pick up our own responsibility to develop our own faith. You can come every Sunday and stand around people of faith, but like I said, it's by your own faith that you stand firm. It's by your own faith that this church will grow. It's by your own faith that we'll begin to make an impact. It's by your own faith that whether this church has any significance long term, you know, in years to come, 100 years' time, they look back and remember the little people at Zion. Do you remember the church Zion? It's down to us, doesn't it? That footprint that we leave. And it's down to our individual faith footprint. I want to suggest also, it's about stepping out, like I've mentioned, I suppose, already, about stepping out in the promptings of God. When God prompts you, why don't you step out and just see what happens? We had an amazing thing happen. There's a life group a few weeks ago when, after we talked about the Highfields estate, Wendy mentioned it in Counter just recently, but prior to that, Leon mentioned it in her talk, and uh, my life group felt prompted to go and pray on a Tuesday night for the Highfields estate. So, and for many in our life group, that was a step of faith. Some of them are here this morning and they're nodding. That, for them, that was a step of faith to go pray, walk round, you know, an area in Hales Owen. But we met here and we prayed and then we went round the estate and we felt prompted by God to go visit a particular person. So we randomly rang this person up. I happened to have her number because she has attended the church uh, occasionally. And we went to visit her. And she was in her pyjama. She was a little surprised to see eight women pile into her flat. And we just said, we feel prompted by God to pray for you. And uh, as it happened, she said, well, uh, and she was in a terrible state. And she was waiting on some news to come through from the, the border agencies to do with her status here. And she'd been waiting for six months. And so we just prayed for her. And it was just a really... God, Holy Spirit moment in her lounge as the eight of us prayed for her and prayed for the authorities and prayed for this letter to come. And we just kind of pounded on the door of heaven and asked God to come into this situation and kind of stamped on the door of hell and told, you know, the devil to leave this situation. It was just a phenomenal evening. And then three days later, we get a text to say that she's had this letter and everything's okay. And that was down to a step of faith. A step of faith for my life group to go pray for the estate and then a step of faith for us to listen to the prompting of God and go randomly knock on this person's door despite her being in her pyjamas. And actually, you can imagine how we felt as a life group when we got back. We were ready to take on Hells Owen. 
we weren't going to go home. We were going to go pray for another estate and see where God told us to knock and pray. It was an exciting evening. And it's only when you step out, you stretch your faith. And when you actually action it and you step into that, suddenly your faith is a different shape and it's a lot stronger and it's a lot bigger. So again, back to my tower. This is my second tower, similar to the first. My life is based on faith. And actually, every time I step into God's word, my life gets reinforced. And every time I step out in faith, my faith gets built and strengthened and Every time I step into prayer and worship and into the things of God, my faith is strengthened, it's reinforced, it's made more robust. And every time I step out in faith, you see where I'm going, don't you? You see, every time we give in and give up, something is eroded from our faith. Sometimes just incrementally, but all of those make a difference, don't they, over time. Sometimes it's big choices and the collapse can come quickly. But each time... We step in and step out. Our faith is reinforced. It's re, you know, reinforced by God and his spirit. I know which one I would rather be. The tower on the right. So we're coming into land now. Still with me? Yeah. Good. Now, I just want to give you, I suppose, an encouragement, really, because that can all seem a bit like, oh, gosh, you know, it's all down to me. You know, every choice I make is going to shrink my faith. Or every time, you know, you could go away being really quite scared by what I've said this morning, and that really wasn't my intention. And hopefully if I smile enough right now, you'll feel a little bit better. You know, I don't want you to go, like, paranoid about every choice that you make, and I'm about to collapse, you know. Hopefully you've kind of got where I've gone with that. But I want to give you an extra encouragement. You see, when I read from um, 2 Corinthians at the uh, beginning, the very, 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 the very first thing that I read from verse 21 was this, it is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm. Isn't that a great promise? The final bit of that section is by our own faith that we stand firm. But let's just rewind to the very beginning where it says, It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm. There's a promise there that God wants to help you stand firm. It isn't down to everything that we do. Our part is crucial. Our part makes a big difference. But we're not alone in it. God is actively at work in building our faith. One of the uh, great scriptures in the New Testament towards uh, when Jesus is heading towards Gethsemane, he says to Simon, and actually uh, he says Simon, but the, um, it's plural in the text, and he's saying to, to all of the disciples, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer that your faith will not fail. Isn't that a beautiful verse that Jesus says to his disciples, Satan pleads for you, but I or asks for you, but I plead for you in prayer. And what does he plead for us? He pleads that our faith won't fail. Today, wherever you're at, Jesus is praying for you that your faith won't fail. You may think, well, I've got to the end of my faith. Well, let me encourage you this morning. There is a higher authority. There is a God who wants you to stand firm. And there is Jesus who is pleading in prayer for you 
that your faith would remain, that you would stand firm. And one final thing. I think I just said that, but this really is the final thing. This can all seem a lot about us. You know, it's, a, it's important for my personal well-being, my personal life, that I, you know, I keep building faith into it. You know, I don't allow it to be eroded because it's about my life. Well, actually, I think it's wider than that. You know, our faith is never solely just about us, is it? It's about what God's called us to in the world. It's never just about, um, you know, our own well-being and, and how our life goes, although that is clearly significant and crucial. The final thing I want to suggests is actually that God wants us to have strong faith because of the potential of what he can then do with our lives. We started in Guatemala and I'm going to end in Tibet and uh, there's an airport in Tibet, it's called Kwamdo Banga. Do you want to say that with me? Kwamdo Banga, okay. If you don't remember anything else you might remember that this morning. Kwamdo Banga Airport in Tibet is the greatest airport in the world. Did you know that? Martin did. Well done. Top of the class. The greatest airport in the world because of its landing strip. It's the highest airport in the world at an elevation of 4,334 metres. And at such a high altitude, due to the thinness of the air, it should be impossible to land any aircraft there. However... Because it also has the longest and strongest runway, it is able to land any size, weight, speed type of aircraft. Pilots can trust that whatever they want to land there, the runway can take it. Would it be amazing if God looked at my life and thought, there's a strong, firm runway that I can land on? And there's a verse in 2 Chronicles that says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order for God to strengthen those who are fully committed to them. And I just had this picture, this image of, you know, sometimes that God must search the whole earth looking for somebody who's got really strong faith because he wants to land something phenomenal on their life. It might be a blessing, it might be a ministry, it might be a calling, it might be he just wants to do something phenomenal with that life. When you look at Hebrews 11 and 12 and that list of amazing people, I think God probably searched the whole earth, didn't he? And he looked for a woman to bear his only son and he saw Mary full of faith. And he gave her that job, that ministry, that calling. And he looked again and he looked, searched the whole earth looking for somebody for full of faith and he found Noah. And he said, there's a man of faith that I can land this on. And he got him to build an ark. And he looked at Gideon and the other people that are listed there. His eyes roved throughout the earth and he saw somebody who had a firm faith foundation and thought their faith is big enough to take this that I want to do with her life. Wouldn't that be amazing if God looked at my life and saw the level of faith in there and thought, gosh, there's a strong woman of faith. I can land some really big stuff on that. Doesn't that inspire you? It does me. Yes, I want my, my faith to be strong for me, but actually more than that, I want to be someone that God can look at as his eyes roam the earth and think, there's a woman of faith, there's a man of faith, there's a woman of faith, there's a woman of faith, there's a man of faith. And I can land something on their life because I know they're strong enough and long enough and wide enough to take what I want to land on their life. Wouldn't that be fantastic? You know, and I, I can't help when I thought about this, thought about the third place project. You know, what a ridiculous idea at one level. 
And actually, I think, you know, God looked at Leon and said, there's a man who's got enough crazy faith to take this project on. He didn't give it to me. He didn't give it to Dan. He didn't give it to Julie. Sorry. You're probably relieved, aren't you? He didn't give it to Heather. Didn't get Val at the back. Derek at the back. Trying to not pick the people at the front. He looked at Leon and said, there's a man with massive faith, big enough to withstand me landing this crazy project on it. So our own faith is never just about us, is it? Because God's eyes look for people of faith that he can land some really big stuff on. And I want to, you know, say to Nigel, have a fantastic trip to Zambia. God has seen your faith, Nigel. And he's going to do some phenomenal things in you in the next two weeks. He's going to grow your faith in an extraordinary way. And you've put yourself out there. You've stepped out there. But actually, I think he's looking at growing your faith, Nigel, afresh to land some really cool stuff on your life. And that's for all of us, isn't it? You know, let's have strong faith, not just so we survive life and come out with bigger and stronger and better faith when we face God than the day we first met him, but actually about what God could do through our lives. And if we were all full of faith and great landing strips for God, this town would be revolutionized, wouldn't it? This country could be revolutionized because God sees people of faith and says, I can land some phenomenal stuff. Wouldn't it if he looked at this church and said, there's a church that's so full of faith, I can land some huge stuff on that church. And I think he has, hasn't he? He has. We know the calling on us is big. So let's each take our responsibility to ensure our part of that puzzle is firm and strong. Let's pray. God, we do... As we've already said this morning, I want to thank you for the works that you've done in our life. But God, I just know there is so much more. You know, I think about how 10 years ago when I put this ring on my finger and chose that no matter what, I was going to have faith in you. And I look at what you've done in my life in the past 10 years and it is remarkable. God, I'm glad I didn't give up and I didn't give in. Because you've landed some great stuff on my life since then. But God, again, I don't want to be today where I just remain where I'm at with you. God, I want my, my faith to grow and to be stronger and to be robust. And God, I pray for each one of us today. God, whether we feel that we're about to give in or give up, God, by your Holy Spirit, would you speak to us right now? God, give us hope. Give us vision give us faith God once again to believe in you to remember that you are never out of options God help us to step into the truth of who you are and step out in faith for you that we might really be individuals and a church that is full of faith that you can land incredible things on our individual lives but on us as a church God, thank you that you promised to pray for us. And that it's you that grows faith in us when we give ourselves to you. God, would you grow fresh faith in all of us today, wherever we're at. We can all grow in faith this morning. God, help us this week to grow a little bit further in you and in faith 